0: good morning everyone it's so good to see y'all happy sunday morning and i'm so glad that each of y'all are here um what a beautiful day it is and an exciting day because the preschool opens this week and i just want to say that i don't know if i've ever seen anyone work as hard as miss susan and craig and i don't know how many times at random parts of the day and night I would see their car out there working tirelessly. So please, after church, go see the preschool. There's open house. They're ready for you to come visit. I know I got to see the kids' orientation because Anderson's in it, and the kids were in heaven, and they loved every part of the orientation and the class. Um, And I want to also share, our Ukrainians are not here today. They're on a vacation. But I want to share a beautiful moment that we got to experience that we don't always realize. At the youngest, Juliana, she's going to be in the preschool as well, which another prayer you could have for Miss Susan because she doesn't speak any English. So um, she will be in the preschool, and the most beautiful thing that happened was she walked into the um, preschool for the first time and ran to a wooden dollhouse, and her mom began to cry, and she said that that was just like the dollhouse in their home in Ukraine. So... We never know the little things that we do that are for the kingdom and for people to have peace and feel love from our church. So what a blessing it is that she is in a strange place but gets to feel like home each day she goes to school here. So open house after church and tonight is family night at home. It's Labor Day weekend. So please have fun with your family at home tonight and your kids and do something special with them Um, and let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, how wonderful is your name. We are so blessed to be with you today. With our, with our whole family here at church. With those that are online watching that can't be here. With the visitors, we're so thankful for them and our, our members, Lord. I'm overwhelmed at the love from this church since, since we first started all through, Lord. We're so thankful for the people who love each other and love you And I just pray that you be with us this morning as we come into this time of worship. This time that we are giving to you. This time that we want to join in together and let our voices be raised up to you in the heavens and praise for your glorious works, for for your forgiveness and the salvation you offer us. For the power that you've demonstrated from the beginning all the way through. I pray that each one of us comes to you on our own in confession, Lord, that we see the vastness of what we do, that it's not just a small human problem, but it's a, it's a spiritual problem, Lord, that we come before you and confess what we're doing and seek not only your forgiveness, but your guidance. I pray over Pastor Russ as he prepares to speak through the Holy Spirit in him and what he has to teach us this morning, Lord. And through the praise band, I thank you for their their time spent preparing for this worship to lead us in. And we're so thankful for this time that we get to sing to you, Lord. Oh, how great you are. How wonderful you are. We could not be without you. And I pray that we never have to know that life. That we choose each day to follow you closer and closer. We adore you, Father. In your holy name we pray. Amen.
1: you're thankful for God's amazing grace that saves a soul, a wretched soul such as myself. Amen. I pray that you have had a a great day in the Lord already in in small group Sunday school this morning and just uh, in God's Word today through music and song and and through prayer. As we continue on this morning, we're going to be in Colossians chapter 3 as we open God's Word and, and see what He has to say for us today. Colossians chapter 3, if you want to turn there, we'll be there in a few minutes. <clears throat> How many of you remember the, 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 the Snow White and the Seven Doors? Okay. <clears throat> you remember when they're getting ready to go to work, or are getting up in the mornings, you sending them off to work, where they, what's the little song they sing? Hi ho, hi ho, it's off to work, I go, right? Well, in today's world, it may it might be more like I owe, I owe, so it's off to work, I go, right? <clears throat> Most people are going to work today because they because they have to. And so I guess that seems a little more fitting than than the, the original song. But maybe if we had a diamond mine like the Dorse, we'd feel a little more excited about going to work every day. What do you think? In a recent survey, it found that that only 7% of the people interviewed or surveyed were living in their dream career only 7% were living in the in the career that they dreamed of and then it said 70% of the workers that they interviewed that they surveyed were unhappy with their jobs for whatever reason they were unhappy and 71% of the people said that they were looking for another job. That doesn't sound too good for the workforce here in the United States, does it? You know, there's been a lot of songs written about uh, the terrible work day and, and having to work and that sort of thing. You've got Tennessee Ernie Ford. It said you load 16 tons and what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. Sam Cooke writes, in, in the song, The Lucky Old Son, up in the morning, out on the job, work like the devil for my pay. Okay? And then, of course, we've all heard the old Johnny Paycheck song, haven't we? Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. <laughs> it's a song about the hardships of life and about the hardship of, of work. And he was just tired and, and fed up with life and with the job. But you know what? God told us, from the very beginning, that this life was going to be hard, didn't He? He told us that, the, that, that working, in the beginning, it was great. It was a pleasure to work. But after sin entered the world, it became not so fun. And so God told us that from the very beginning. And in Genesis chapter 3, verse 17, <clears throat> the New Living Translation says, And to the man God said, Since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree, whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. And all your life, you will struggle to scratch a living from it. Hmm. Welcome to Labor Day weekend. (laughs) So as we are in Labor Day weekend, how did the Labor Day weekend come about? Well, Labor Day is a, a dedication or a celebration of the American worker. Uh, for the contributions that they made to our country, to the, uh, actually to the world. But during the 19th century, the average American worker worked seven days a week, 12 hours a day. Seven days a week, 12 hours a day. Many of that with minimal pay and, and, and unsafe conditions. There was also a lot of child labor. Children as young as five years old were being forced to, to work. It was just normal. And so the people were being abused from, a, from children to adults. And that brought about the labor unions, which was great. They were, they were uh, guarding for the workers' rights and protections, that is, until they got sideways and, and they became corrupt. But in 1894, Grover Cleveland made a law making the, the first Monday of September Labor Day, recognizing and, and a celebration for what the American worker had done. Today is nothing more than a than a day off for most people, right? And I never have quite figured out it's Labor Day. Labor Day, but nobody's working. I don't know. Go go figure that. Doesn't quite sound right, does it? But most everybody is off. You have the essential workers that the healthcare, the police, the fire, the medics, the nurses, the doctors. Um, some retail establishments, of course, will. We'll have to be working. But I guess today it's mostly known for for parades, parties, and picnics. You know, tomorrow is going to be a... It's a family day. It's a time to to have those picnics and parties together. It's the unofficial end of summer. This is like the last hoorah for the summer is Labor Day. It's noting the end of summer and and, and realizing that, that fall is upon us. It's the weekend for for fashion trends to change, okay? So next week, you're not allowed to wear white anymore, okay? At least that's the way it used to be, okay? And things have kind of changed with everything else. Um, But most importantly, Labor Day is also the start of college football, right? (laughs) Uh, Again, tomorrow is a celebration of the American worker. But one of the drawbacks that, COVID has had over the last couple of years is that there's been a, an attitude change towards work, towards working. Um, during COVID, a lot of businesses just simply went out of business. A lot of people continued to, to work from home. Maybe it was for convenience or maybe it was for uh, employer-mandated vaccines. Uh, maybe it was because of the commutes or commute time or or for child care and so there's been some good and some not so good things to come out of that and then and on top of that other people have just forgotten uh, how to work it seems like they've gotten used not to working and relying on on assistance to get them through but the employment rate think about that it's so low because it reflects or it doesn't reflect the actual number of people that, aren't, that are out of work, just those that are simply looking for work. There's a ton of people. There are millions upon millions of people that have just given up looking for work. And since they're not looking, they're not indicated in, un, in unemployment. And so the whole mindset has changed towards work and working just in the last couple of years. In a survey by Forbes, it found that 75% of consumers say that customer service has declined since COVID. Would you agree with that? And I think just about everybody would, uh, would agree with that. Customer service calls are not being answered or responded to in a timely manner. Delivery times are too long. Even Amazon used to be next day or two days. Now it's a week out. It's on just about everything, it seems like. Retail stores, this gets me. Oh, my goodness. Retail stores are going from cashiers and cash registers to self-checkout. And I'm hoping to one day be an employee of the month at Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> the service industries, they, the, 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 the employees can, can job hop, okay, for better pay and better bonuses. And as a result, there's, there's not as much loyalty and quality suffers. There's little concern for the for the company profit. And so as we see this downturn in, in worker productivity and in worker excitement or encouragement about work, folks, that is not how believers should should live. That's not the attitude of a Christian. It's not the way we should approach work or home or church or, or anything in life. But rather, we should be a godly example of For our co-workers, for our supervisors, for those people in our workplace as believers, we should be setting the examples for other people to look at. Even when our supervisors aren't the greatest people to work for, we still need to be uh, displaying our our godly ways and and have a godly reputation and be an example for the testimony for others to see, for those that are around us that that are watching us work. What we see in, in Colossians chapter 3, and as Paul is writing to the Colossians there, he's talking throughout and, and, and throughout chapter 3, he's talking about how to live life, how to live the godly life in the midst of all aspects and all areas of life. And, and he begins in verse 1 and he says, uh, Since you've been raised in Christ, set your hearts on the things above. Set your hearts on things above. And then he goes on in verse 5 and tells them to get rid of their old ways. Get rid of their old ways. You're a new person in Christ. Don't live the way you used to. And so Colossians chapter 3, verse 5-10, through 10, it says, so, so how do we live? How do we live in the new life, in a new way? How do we put the old aside? Well, he tells us in verse 5. He says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to the earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways. You used to walk in these ways, in the life you once lived. But now you must rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy, filthy language from your, from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you've taken off your old self with its practices and have put on your new self which is being renewed in knowledge and in the image of its creator. He said there in verse 7, you used to walk in these ways. You used to walk in these ways. Before you were a believer, you used to do these things. You used to live an ungodly life and he talks about that he says sexual immorality impurity lust evil desires greed all of that that is how we used to live before we met christ but see when christ enters into our heart it changes us from the inside out it changes the desires that we have and the things that we that we want to do and the people that we want to be around and so he says here you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now you must rid yourself of all such things as anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lip. You see, all of that was from your old life. That was in your life before Christ and you're now a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. At least the old should have gone, right? And the new should have come. We often see people that that profess Christ and, and yet when they go out into the world, when we leave the church and they live the rest of the week like nothing ever changed, like, like nothing ever happened. There is no noticeable difference from the, from the pre-Christ to supposedly post-Christ life. They're living the same old life. There's no difference in the way that they live. And so we have to ask, was that conversion real? Was it true and authentic? Or was it just coming down because others did? Did they just walk through the water, or were they truly baptized in the Spirit? And then Paul continues how we should live in, in verses 12 through 14. So this is how we, this is how we to, are to live as a Christian in life. As God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion. Clothe clothe yourself with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness and patience. Do you see the difference in the old and the new? Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And so he's telling us, look at how you're living before Christ or how you live before Christ. And when Christ enters your heart, all of that worldly stuff should be going away. That may not happen instantaneously, but it may take time to work into that. But it's a repentance, it's a change of heart, it's it's moving toward a new way in Christ, a new way of of living your life. And then he wraps up uh, the generality of how to live in verse 17. He says, and whatever you do, think about that, whatever you do, wherever you are, whatever you get involved in, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Whatever you do, that means at work, at home, at play, at church. It means driving. It means waiting in line. It means at the doctor's office, at the DMV. (laughs) Do it all as if unto the Lord. So how should we live once Christ enters our heart? Differently. And so maybe this morning, we can take a minute to reflect on last week and and maybe ask ourselves: Last week, did we really represent Christ well? In the different areas and different aspects of our life, did we represent Christ well? In all that we did, and all of our relationships in our in our life, did we glorify the Father? with our life. Because whatever we do should be about that. It should be about for him. And and if not, when we reflect on that time, we it should drive us to confession to the Lord Jesus Christ. In our time of prayer, seeking his forgiveness. And Paul moves on and 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 he He addresses how we're to conduct ourselves within our family and within family relationships in verses 18 through 21. And so every aspect of our life should change, even how we approach work. A lot of times people may be thinking, well, well, I'm at work, I'm not at church, and, and I'm not with my family, and nobody sees me and nobody knows. But wherever we are, we're an example for Christ and his church. It says in the New King James Version in, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 22 through 24, it says, "Bond servants or, or workers, obey in all things your masters or your supervisors. So, workers obey in all things your, your supervisors according to the flesh, not with eye service as men-pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the, of the inheritance. For you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. He has an interesting word there in verse 22, he uses the word I service. Paul is exclusive to Paul. He's the only one that really uses this. But a modern translation for that might be, when you're at work, don't watch the clock. Do your work. Do your job. Do it to glorify God. Don't don't keep your eyes on the clock, but rather keep your eyes on Christ. For it is He who you serve. It is Him that you serve. And so, work as unto the Lord, not for the boss. Our eyes are to be fixed on Christ. Pressing on towards a prize. And, and so we should fear God, not our boss. And so when we work for the Lord in everything that we do, we wouldn't have any repercussions from our boss. You see, in here Paul describes it that his eyes, his mind, his heart, his total affection is fixed on Christ. Everything about Him, everything He does, everywhere He goes is fixed on Christ. And that's what He's, he's pleading with the people in, the, in Colossae to do. And that's what He's pleading with us to do. To pursue God in every aspect of our life. Be a godly example in everything that we do. And he says in verse 23 and 24, it says, whatever you do, do it heartily, or to, to do it with all your heart. Give it your all as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you receive the reward of inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. I made a reference to college football. This, this weekend was a college football kickoff. You know, college football players have been working hard for months and months and coaches and trainers and everybody getting ready for, for, for this weekend, for this season. And all of that hard work is, is being paid off, or was paid off, or will be paid off this weekend. And, and, and sadly, I have to say that my mountaineers took one on the chin yesterday by North Carolina. But it was a good one, watch it now. It was a thriller. But you see, they had given their, their all, their whole life, everything about them, since about January, since they started winter workouts. Spring practice, summer workouts, three a days, single practice, and then game day. they given their all. They, they had prepared mentally, physically, emotionally for this weekend. That's what God's calling us to do. When we leave this place today to be encouraged and to be ready physically, emotionally, and spiritually to face the world outside these doors so that we can be an example, so that we can give our all to the Lord Jesus Christ in this life. You know, we might, we might slack off or loaf at work and, and the boss man not know it. We might clock out early and, and nobody knows it. What about our work with the church or work for the kingdom of God. Folks, the Lord sees it all, and one day we will be held accountable for everything we do within the church and outside the church, at home, at work, at play, everything we do, we'll be held accountable for it. So give it your all. Work every day from your soul with the enthusiasm knowing that that there will be a reward from the Lord coming, that that, that we are working for the Lord. That means that work at home, uh, at work or at church. Give the Lord all you've got. Because our goal is to please the Lord in everything. In every aspect of life. And as Christians, our work for the Lord should never stop. Nowhere in this Bible does it talk about retiring from the kingdom of God until He calls us home or He returns. Amen? He's called us to work diligently in His kingdom. Because if we're not working for the kingdom of God, He has no use for us, so He might as well call us on home, right? Because He has us here for a purpose and for a time period to fulfill that purpose. You all know people that have passed away way too early, it seems like, in life. And we had a friend in Gaffney that we, that we used to go to church with, and, and her husband passed away unexpectedly, at, 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 I think he was 35 years old. And his wife gave the eulogy that day and, and in essence, said that is all the time God wanted him to be here. He allowed me to be with Him for X amount of years. God had given him a mission. God had given him a purpose. And that purpose in God's eyes was now complete. And so, folks, we're called to work to the very end until our mission is complete, until our purpose in life is fulfilled. Let me ask you this this morning are we being faithful on our jobs are we being faithful to our spouse and to our families are we being faithful to the Lord are we being faithful to the work of the Lord this first weekend of September marks the beginning of the new church year where uh, new leaders and people are coming on to work thank you Thank you for agreeing to be a part of and playing a part in serving in in the kingdom of God. But are we being godly examples in not just in church, but everywhere we go? When people look at us living out our life, do they see Jesus in us? Are we co-laboring with Christ to to fulfill His purposes? Are we working in the kingdom of God for His glory, to bring Him glory? Or maybe maybe have we become distracted by the things of the world? Maybe we've become distracted by the the toys and the fun things in the world. Maybe we've become distracted by our career and our pursuit for, for, for happiness through through money and, and through the things of this world and the toys that, that this world affords us. Maybe a question this morning is, you know, we've, I don't know if they do it anymore or not, but it used to be we punched a time clock, you know, when you went into work. I, I wonder if, if we need to clock back in to the work of the kingdom of God. Not necessarily at church, but in the kingdom of God. Do we need to recommit ourselves in our heart and our life or, or commit ourselves to the Lord God Almighty this morning? Folks, this world is not our home. We're just we're passing through, aren't we? And, and, and God's Word says that Jesus is building a, a home for us, a mansion there, an eternal home there for His children. Let me ask you this morning, are you a child of God? Are you a child of the King of kings and the Lord of lords? This morning, have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Are you living a life for Him? Are you surrendered to Him? The Lord Lord Jesus that came and died on the cross, because of God's amazing grace. And God's word says that, that it's by faith in Him that we're saved, by God's grace. If we believe that in our heart and confess it with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that He was, that He came and lived a perfect life, that He died on the cross, that He was buried in a tomb, and God raised Him from the dead on the third day. And God says if you believe that, you will have eternal life. Is it real to you? Are you living that life 24-7? You see, folks, we need to pursue the things of, of heaven, not the things of this world. We need to lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven, not on the things of this world. We need to live a resurrected life all the time. We need to live that in the power of the resurrection, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We're alive in Christ So let's live like it. Amen? Praise God. Where are you today in your walk with the Lord? Are you co-laboring with Christ? Or maybe on lunch break? However you, the Lord has spoken to you this morning. As we sing our hymn of invitation, let others see Jesus in you. What is it that you need to confess to the Lord? What is it you need to get right with the Lord? What is it you need to seek from the Lord this morning? I want to invite you to come to the altar if the Lord leads you and and seek the Lord this morning. And as we close, I want to pray. I want you to pray with me the 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 lyrics to the song, Hands and Eyes. And it's just for a prayer for God to allow us to see the world the way He does. Let's pray together. Almighty God, indeed, we do want eyes to see the world that You love. A world that goes way beyond ourselves. An awareness of the forgotten ones. Lord, make our hearts aware. Give us compassion for the ones that you made. Give us hope in these uncertain days and a willingness, Lord, to change our ways. Help us. Help us, Lord, to change our ways to become more like You. Oh Lord, let others see Jesus in us and in the lives that we live. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.